Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. (sighs) Isn't it such a good life? It is. I tell people it is stressful freedom, and it is both, and it's a lot of stress these days. Were you a better boss or employee? Hmm. I was a very good employee to a point. Okay. I'm a good employee for someone that lets me spread my wings and be creative. If they give me that runway, I'm all over it. Now, being a good boss, um, I've always had just innate leadership capabilities, And I found that I love coaching and training people because there is an upfront contract as to how you're going to work together. And I like the way that that feels more than a boss-employee relationship. Um, So that's why I like staying more in that coaching training realm. When you and Scott were painting your front door, who was the boss, who was the employee? Oh, he, he doesn't touch shit now. He's so not that makes allowed. you the boss. You he is not him. <laughs> allowed to touch a paintbrush. That man. Oh, really? I, no, no. He is not allowed to even come near a paintbrush in my house. Okay. I can see through this right now. That is the classic husband move where you load the dishwasher poorly and your wife goes, just move. I'll do it. And you never have to do it again because you do it so crappy. That's tech. That's chapter one of the husband handbook. Now, he, yeah. honestly, we... I I got hardwood floors put in the entire first floor of my house, and they're stunning. Love my hardwood floors. But then, you know, you have the 1990s orange banisters that don't match (laughs) the hardwood floors. So I decided to stain them a really dark color. It's like a dark brown, almost black. And... Scott was gung-ho about helping me. We had just started dating. He really wanted to show that he was in it. And he starts painting, and I look up, and there is just black shit smeared all over the wall. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I didn't see that I got it there, or there, or there. And I said, you know what? If you'll go grab me two Coronas. And I had him go grab me a beer. And then my second beer, because I chugged that first one. And you get one for yourself. (laughs) And then I had my second beer, and I said, you just bring me beer all day, and I'm going to do all the painting by myself. But he did, he's really helpful at all of the prep work. So, like, sanding and all that stuff, I'll have him help with that. All right. Well, it's good that our guest today can help us differentiate between a boss and how to be a boss. Yes, it is. We have a very, 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 very (laughs) special guest again. Mr. Doc, well, do, do you go by Dr. Dov? Dr. Dov. Oh, my son, the like doctor. Swab. That's what your mother says. Yeah. Yes, my right. son, the doctor. Listen to our last podcast. <laughs> Dr. Dov Evans, he joins us. His business is the Gallus Collective. He is a phenomenal speaker. I know from experience, I've heard him speak in public forums before. Uh, he's also a trainer and a published author. I like to throw that. Multi-time Yes, multi-time published author of multiple books. And he's here today to tell us, tell us about this t-shirt you're wearing. Oh, yeah. So Boss for Change. Boss for Change is the t-shirt. It says hashtag 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 Boss Boss for Change. change. The number four. With the number four. So people can look it up. There you go. And and, um, 
I, I got that made because, again, one of my main topics I talk about is what it is to be a boss. And I talk to employees all the time in terms of not getting stuck in the same old mindset and feeling like you're limited in your abilities and you have limited opportunities available to you. Think of yourself as a boss. That's essentially what you can be if you wanted to. Even though you work for someone else, you can still be a boss. If you want to create change with your um, with your title, uh, with the opportunities, with the amount of money you make, you want to change it, boss for change. So that's the mindset that can take you from point A to point B. Um, and essentially the way I define boss, because that has that word has such a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it like, does. Boss, you're my boss. We did a whole <laughs> podcast on the difference did between you? a boss and a leader. There you go. Yeah, there we you did. Go. So, so mm-hmm. I chose that word specifically because I know mm-hmm. it has such a negative connotation. Oh, yeah. It's a trigger word. There you go. And I made it my personal mission to uh, change uh, you know, what it means to be a boss and how you look at that word. So essentially, if you're a boss, you have more autonomy over your particular brand and your self-worth. And again, that can take you from point A to point B. And I feel like most employees just feel like they automatically relinquish that. Once you step into company XYZ and go, you tell me what I'm going to do. You tell me my career trajectory, how much I'm going to make. I leave it all to you. And that's, that's the opposite of a boss mindset when you're really taking ownership of who you are, your talents, and leveraging that to get whatever it is you want. So something triggered this in you. Mm-hmm. What, what was that event? So there was quite a few, but the initial one I would say was I had uh, spoke about this on the last podcast, I had a manager. Mm-hmm. She was very difficult and challenging. Do you um, still talk today with her? Yeah, we're, we're, we're Facebook friends. I figured you would. Um, yeah, and I, there's, yeah, there's no malice or anything. It's just annoying. The lessons that I learned were annoying in the moment because you don't realize you're learning <laughs> lessons. But, you know, now, I mean, I'd, I talk about her all the time in terms of the lessons I got from her. So in terms of being a boss, uh, I had a really big project that I did annually. It was called Commencement. It was a graduation. Several thousands of, um, of guests, hundreds of uh, students graduating, uh, string quartet. It's a, it's a ten-ring show. It's crazy. And I was not built to do that. But in her mind, you know, when you do something, you do it you know, to perfection, period. I don't care if you're built for it or not. That's what you do. That's, that's the level of expectation. And the things that she, the, the way she wanted me to take ownership of that was almost like it was my own business. And I was not, I was fighting that. I'm like, this is not, you just tell me what you want me to do and I'll, I'll get it done. And that's not what she wanted. She wanted me to take ownership of that and problem solve um, all the various problems that, hap- that you can anticipate as well as the ones that will, will happen the day of. She wanted me to take ownership. And that's what I was fighting. Once I took ownership of that, not only did that commencement run smoothly and I learned tons of lessons, I was able to become a better manager. All my employees who helped along um, were able to leverage their talent and shine and get recognition because of it. I was able to get shine myself because of it. Look at this wonderful commencement. Dov did that. Other opportunities started to open up. Other people know who I am because of that. And I started to embrace that mindset a lot more. But that was just the first, I would say, leg of that of that lesson. But that's where it started. So I owe it to to her. A lot of times people will manage how they're managed. They have that horse's ass as a boss. They think, well, I guess this is a way to get people to work. I sense that you did not carry on that tradition with the people helping you. I did not. I had another manager. Um, Again, this is why I say that was just one part of it. I had another manager. Um, He was an excellent manager. And he had a very different uh, management style. And he showed me the power of being able to leverage the talent of others. So not really being about you, but giving to others. So I had employees who had all kind of crazy dreams and things of that nature. And 
initially, if those ideas they have and things they want to do is completely different from what you had in mind, you want to hold the reins. Like, oh, no, what is uh, that? That's not your job. Don't do that. But instead of doing that, finding ways to, number one, take some of the things they want to do and, you know, make, make sure that's aligned with your department, with your organization, and then let them fly from there. Because when they soar, again, they're on your mm-hmm. team. When they soar, then your team soars. When they're winning, your team is winning. And, yep. and I think yeah. we're scared of that because it looks different. Their ideas are foreign to you, and I understand that because they were to me. But when you embrace that instead of being fearful of that, uh, I think that's how you can become a good, quote-unquote, boss. Um, again, they shine, you shine, your team shines, everybody wins. It's a win-win, right? When that event was over, did your boss give you the credit to her Absol- bosses? Absolutely. Well done Absolutely. on her part because we talked at length about that. Okay, yeah, she absolutely did. Because we've all been in those meetings where you come up with a great idea, Trinity stands up, yeah, we did. my team did, and she should have said, no, that was Dov's idea. Right, right. And So, well, good for her. Yeah, absolutely. Had she said, Dov, did, pretend like this is your event, your business, I want you to run it, would that have made a difference? Would you have grasped then what she was trying to get across? No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have. Number one, again, I'm like, I don't want to do that. That wasn't on there. I'm going to put out the job script. That wasn't on there. But, other, um, other duties as a side. Yeah, there you go. Other duties. I'm like, that's, that's a huge duty. But, um, but at the same time, I think um, I don't think I fully understood what it was at the time. This was years ago. It was 12, 13 years ago. Um, what it was to be a business You were owner. like four. I know. <laughs> Glad you said that. I was, I was six and a half. Um, I, I don't think I understood enough of what it is to be a, a business owner to even understand that verbiage had she said that to me. So it was probably best the way she did it, just, you know, giving me the, the ownership, forcing me to have that type of ownership. And again, even though I went down that path begrudgingly, ultimately I was forced to take that ownership, learn those lessons. And again, I learned a lot. My team learned a lot, and I think we all were better because of it. It's really interesting that you're touching on that because we just did a podcast like a couple of mm-hmm. episodes ago, mm-hmm. and we are speaking the same language and mm-hmm. spreading the same message. So for those of you out there that are thinking <coughs> about how you manage your team or how you perform within a team, I think it's really important to be introspective and also take really good feedback Um, which is one of the things that I've always struggled with Mm. is not getting enough feedback from my bosses or my peers because I tend to take ownership of everything that I do beyond (laughs) what is probably expected of me. Mm. And that has always got me quickly to being at the top of the totem pole of wherever I'm at. And there's, and so then I'm always managing others around me, but then there was never anyone that, I could go to, mm. which is why I actually started working with coaches and enlisting the help of coaches and having a coach and really working with people to hone my skills and for them to be able to give me some feedback. Because if you're not getting feedback from your employees or your coworkers in enough abundance, then you need to be able to go other places and get that feedback and right. have a place for, for you to vet your ideas and have someone sometimes shoot them down or tell you that mm-hmm. you're being a little lofty. Right, right. No, I agree. So when you're working with your clients, what would you say is the biggest hurdle that they have to cross? Probably getting, one of the biggest hurdles is probably getting the clients out of their previous mindset. A lot of the clients have been working for quite some time, right? Uh, they're usually a little bit older and, and, and quite tenured. And, you know, they've been doing what they've, they've been going about their business one way for quite some time. So when I talk to them about what it is to be a boss, like most people, you hear that word is, 
is, you know, has a negative connotation. But then when I talk about, you know, owning what you do, um, being able to see opportunities in spots, you don't normally see them. Um, when you, when you, uh, are a boss. Not only that, you create other bosses around you because you hold their feet to the fire in the same way as well. So it can be infectious. Um, and when you talk to them about that, they don't think a, they don't, again, they're stuck in their old ways and B, they don't even think they can uh, affect that type of change. They're like, I'm, I'm not a manager. I'm not a director. I don't, that's, mm-hmm. I, I can't, even if I wanted to do that, I can't do that. So, so that's why we have to talk about what it looks like. And when you see, again, if you're trying to win, when you see someone winning, winning can be infectious. So I say, essentially, if you're a boss and you're winning and then you hold someone's feet to the fire as well, that is going to be a lot more influential because they see you winning. Now, if you're losing, it's different. But if they see you're winning again, that can really help that other person adapt that mindset. And then it spreads from there. Um, And then before you know it, you have a department thinking like that. And then after that, you have an entire company thinking that way. And especially when you're going through, you know, the, the situation that we're in now, there are a lot of companies and, and you know, small companies, large companies that are scrambling and you have leadership um, that are making some very tough decisions. And how much more beneficial would it be if you had your employees with that boss mindset who are aiding you in that process, who have already been thinking ahead, who already have some things in place to help you kind of fill in some of the gaps that we didn't see coming. Instead of you having to take on all of the ownership over it, when I got to problem solve this whole thing by myself or me, right. and the other three leaders, we all got to do this ourselves. If you have a room full of bosses, again, that may not be their official title, but they have that mindset. mindset. We're all on the same page. Like, oh, well, she already handled hers like a boss. She did. She already thought ahead and she already has that. And so does he. And so does she. How much easier is it to navigate these waters? So I've, I've given uh, talks where I talk about helping, having employees and bosses help you navigate um, ambiguity in times of turbulence like we're in now. Like right and, now. And, and the talk yeah. you were referencing, I, I talked about ambiguity and turbulence. And again, that's exactly what we're going through right now. So, uh, so being a boss can be beneficial anytime but especially in times like this and in times like this there's no place for people to hide i think this is really going to shine the light on the people who are boss versus the people that clock in and clock out and really were just the ones that showed up and were a warm body in the office right and this is going to shine a light on them and there's going to be a lot of changes that happen within companies a lot of companies are also going to say man we could cut down on office space rent and have a lot more people work from home because those that do have that boss mindset are going to step up to the plate, probably even more so because now they have more autonomy because they're not, it's not as easy to get a hold of your boss when you're virtual versus face to face. You're not going to just pop into their office. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to find out a couple things. We're hopefully in the middle of this, but Mm -hmm. we don't know yet. There's going to be, we're going to learn a lot about a lot of people here. And mm-hmm. we've already started doing that. We're going to, we're going to learn who's lazy. Right. We're going to learn who doesn't care. Right. And then there's going to be a, a star will be born somewhere. Right. If you are that employee. So two questions for you on that. If you're that employee, where should you, that's listening, where should you learn to take your step and go, I got that. And if you're the boss, what are you looking for to try to help that employee that you know could be good? but hasn't gotten out of their comfort zone, how do you help them become that boss and that right. star? So first, if you're the employee, I would say that, you know, one thing you definitely want to do, like right now, especially with everything that's going on, is start, if you haven't already done so, start to think ahead already. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, we don't know if we're in the middle of this situation or in the beginning, but either way, um, things are going to look different while we're going through this. And then when things resume back to quote unquote normal, um, things are probably going to look different, you know, even then, okay, we're back to normal, but now we just found out we can have this whole department work remotely. Or now we found out that these folks that are laid off, we're not bringing them back or whatever it is, start to project out right now. 
Um, there's a lot of folks, again, if you're not in the boss mindset, you're waiting for the leader to tell you what's going to happen next. If you're in a boss mindset, you can already start to project and start to map out your trajectory um, and, again, offer some of those suggestions. If you're a leader in your organization and you already have enough on your plate, it'd be excellent. It'd be great to have someone to step up and, and give you, you know, some solutions that they can actually ponder and chew on. Um, and so, so that's the biggest thing. Go ahead and project out now. People do that when they're looking for a job. When they're getting ready to get for an interview, they go ahead and map out their their, their 90 day plan already. Again, it's not too late to do that now. You have the job, but you know you still want to try to impress that uh, that director, that manager, as if you were still uh, you know gunning for that job, if you will. You're, you're always, you're always, you're always trying to impress. You're always trying to step your game up. If you are the manager, right, already the director, and you want to figure out how to create other bosses, if you will, you have to not be fearful of your team's skill set. Don't be fearful of their skill set. Um, again, as foreign as their ideas may be and things of that nature, you hire them for a reason, obviously. So, you know, let them fly. Like, you know, let their talent shine. And it's going to be scary. Just like flying in real life, it's a little scary, but you're able to get from point A to point B a lot more efficiently. So you have to let go and let them shine. And I, I think we see that um, that process be held back the biggest when it comes to millennials because a lot of millennials will come out and they have a different mindset mm -hmm. with you know hey I, I feel like I deserve and I'm, I'm, I'm able to you know work and do my thing and things of that nature and they feel entitled already it's a different mindset um, it is. but it's, it's definitely different but but you'll, you know I think folks will be amazed you know once you give them some of that autonomy um, and give them some freedom with guidance obviously um, then you'll be amazed on what they can achieve and what they can do and help elevate your business right two minds you know two heads are always better than one I'm trying to think of what the um, <laughs> what I'm just thinking. We laughed last episode about that's another podcast. Mm -hmm. Millennials. That's, a, that's, yeah, another, that's podcast. another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't need man. to have me up here more often. <laughs> yeah, I have two boys in that age range, and believe me, we have oh, we have in-depth conversations <laughs> on that. Yes. Uh, and in fairness, though, today's world and expectations are different. Mm -hmm. For my generation, I'm 58. From what I'm learning, kicking and screaming, just like with technology and Trinity's reading and everything, I'm coming kicking and screaming into it, but it's for a good cause. Mm -hmm. We have to quit telling them about how they should fit into our world and our perception from 30 years ago right. or 40 years ago when we were their age right. and realize today, yes, they're on their damn phone. Right. But you know what? It's not a phone. Mm -hmm. yes, it's more of a research tool. Yeah. They rarely talk. They're either texting or watching videos or researching mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand that. So as I talk to my fellow baby boomers, uh, you just suck it up and deal with it. Right. Because if you want the best out of them, right. you've got – it's like and I go back and we've had this conversation, a football coach. If you're a coach that loves to throw the ball and you got a bad quarterback and an all-pro running back and a great offensive line, change run the damn it. ball. Yeah, change it. Yeah. Right, exactly. So the same thing as a manager may kill you, but if you want the best out of them and make your company better, hey, adjust Absolutely. a little bit, yeah. I was Trinity's just, young. She's a baby. She's a... I'm on the cusp. Yes. I am right on the cusp. But you're wired different. You're, you break the molds of a lot of generations. <laughs> so Because you're just like, I got it. What do you mean? Just, I got it. I have the same insecurities and um, you wouldn't know doubts it. that other people have, but the difference is is that I don't let that come through. You do not, and it is I don't know where it came from. It's just something that I was born with. And mom yeah. helped bring that out, right? Mom yeah. did help bring that out. Yep. I was actually very very shy, and still am mm -hmm. very shy. Really? Yes. Okay. 
And she is. I have learned. That. I am yep. very shy. Um, I was incredibly shy when I was a child and my mom would force me to interact with other children because <laughs> once I would interact with them, I would be leading the little group and having a blast mm -hmm. and was bossy as all get out. And we all had a great time, but put me in a room with a bunch of strangers mm -hmm. and I'm yeah. going to sit and observe and try to figure out what the heck is going on. And that's actually why I started my own, like I like my own networking groups right. because it takes some of the pressure off because mm -hmm. I have something to do right. and then I'm not forced to network and mingle as yeah. much with new people. Start from square one. Yeah. Right. I'm the same um, but going back, you, you really hit upon something and I think just to elaborate on the power of having a bunch of people under you or in your team that mm -hmm. have that boss mindset, mm -hmm. because it's really like the mastermind mindset right. where they describe a mastermind group as a group of batteries. And if you think about one single battery, what can you power with it? Mm -hmm. Not, not a, a whole lot, lot. maybe a remote much. control, right? Yeah. Or something that I shouldn't name on air. One single battery, <laughs> Why are you not going to get now? you, not going to get you very yeah, far. Really. <laughs> Come on. It, oh. But you yeah. put five or six of those bad boys together and all of a sudden you can power mm -hmm. a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. And that I think is the nuts and bolts of why you want people around you that have that boss mindset, right. because the individual is not going to be as strong as all of those great thoughts and minds combined. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, I've seen, and I've had clients that are wanting to do that, but they also don't want to let go of their authority because they're afraid that they're going to be overshadowed or all of a sudden they're going to be seen as obsolete because their team's trained so great. Like, why do we even need this manager anymore? When you come across clients that are battling with that, what recommendations and advice do you give them? Well, I always talk about, you know, the, the classic advice of, so when you help out other folks, more than likely in one form or another, it comes back to you anyway. So you can imagine, I've seen this more so with other folks than myself, but I've seen other folks who already had that boss mindset and they gave their team, um, or, or they kind of prepped their team to be bosses in their own right. And then in doing so, those folks were able to go flourish and things of that nature, and they had other opportunities open up for them. And then of course, they would go right back to their manager and go, hey, look, I have an opportunity doing X, Y, Z. You know, would you like to come along with me? Or I thought about you first and things of that nature. So. You know, if, if you're if you're the manager and you are receptive to the boss mindset, you're it's almost like growing a garden, growing little flowers. You know, all your team are little flowers. You're growing them, taking care of them. And, you know, once they grow and they produce whatever fruit or whatever vegetable it is, again, that's available to, to everybody, including yourself as well. And, of course, since you're the gardener, you're the mastermind, as you almost said, then you can always go back and you can do that again with another team and another team. You have all these individuals all over the place as they grow and they have all these opportunities available to them. And again, you know, the one thing they all have in common is you, they can all come back to you if they want. And again, I have opportunities for you, things of that nature. I was able to recommend you for, you know, whatever it is. So doing good for others, is just the right thing anyway. But as you can imagine, again, more than likely it's going to come back to you because you're putting out some positive energy and helping people grow. It's going to come right back. The other thing with that is a lot of times is it can make your job a whole lot easier. So, 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 so you're sitting around trying to problem solve everything by yourself and you're probably getting it done. Right. But you're expending a lot of energy and think about how many other things you can be doing when you have a team with all these talents in place. Um, you know, this, this talented team that you hired and you really kind of, um, you know, take off the range and kind of let them, you know, run free for a little bit. 
you know, with some guidance. And then once you do that, again, how much time is freed up now? How much? Mm-hmm. Other, how many other things can you now do? How much more productive are you? How much more time can you uh, uh, take to actually promote your brand now mm-hmm. as opposed to being bogged down to this one particular project? Um, that's huge. And that to me, because time is you know, the most important resource. And when you're able to open up, you know, any more time, that's always a win. So again, allow your team to run free and do some of that work. We've talked about that very subject, just the the model of Trinity's real estate team. Okay. She's got how many people officially or unofficially that are part of your team? Um, Half dozen, anywhere from, right? Yeah, yeah okay. around there. And she is wise enough to realize that if I'm showing two houses and Jamie's showing two houses, mm-hmm. who's the other guy that works for you um, uh, that shows that will do some walkthroughs or is he? Okay. No okay. Right. Well, anyways, so, but by training her staff appropriately and trusting them, she can send them out and cover way more ground right. instead of, no, 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 you set the appointment and I'll go do all these. You're like, oh, I'm going from Wake Forest to Durham out to Buquay. Jamie's out with one of my clients right now showing yeah. a house while, yeah. so I can be sitting here recording this podcast. But yeah. So thank you, Jamie. Yep. That's Appreciate the, uh, you. That's the beauty of it is Jamie gets rewarded for that. But Trinity was wise enough to go, man, if I want to scale. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and it's not just, and again, and I'm, I'm sure you've done this too because I see all that you do. I can imagine as a boss, you you train your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like you sometimes initially train them to be almost, you know, mini-me's, like copycats. Mm-hmm. But when you release the reins and say, you know, you know, use your creativity, use your talents that I don't have, go do your thing. And then somebody comes back on your team and says, I know a lot about social media, you know, more than, you know, I, right. I can take, you know, some of the things you taught me and I can do this whole thing with social media. Like, I would have never thought of that. I don't have the skill. Run with it, do it, and then now, not only do you have this this uh, this kind of carbon copy um, that is doing a lot of what you taught them, but then they're able to take it to another level that you wouldn't have been able to do yourself. Exactly, and that's the beautiful thing of that. We found confirmation of Trinity's skills as a boss because she had a week of a wedding mm-hmm. and a week of a honeymoon right, cruise, right. and everything kept moving forward. There you go. Yes. And if you want to know anything about how good am I as a boss, did I train my people? Do they like doing this with me? Mm-hmm. And she got confirmation on both weeks. And yeah. you should be able to trust them mm-hmm. and let go and know that they have, they've got it. And mm-hmm. I felt a hundred percent confident, um, taking, you know, I can step away from my business and it still will run without me, which is on the wedding week. Scott told you, you get how many minutes? He said, I got 5%. Oh, 5% so of the day of to the do day business. Yeah. To do okay. business. Yeah. Okay. And she did, you were pleased that you pretty much met that, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. And then the honeymoon was on a cruise. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got no choice. Right, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's yeah. 0%. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, going back to being confident enough in yourself mm-hmm. that you're not going to lose your business or get fired because mm-hmm. all my people are awesome. I'm going to get credit for hiring all those awesome right. people. Absolutely. Yeah. When you talk to employees about becoming a boss, are some of them afraid to step up because of what their peers might think? I haven't seen that as much. I feel like when, okay, so when I'm talking about the idea of being a boss to employees, I feel like they almost take the concept for the most part. And once they, once they kind of, you know, wrestle with it in their mind and, and, and get over um, any um, negative aspects they think may be there, they kind of take it and run with it on their own. And I feel like they almost, it's almost like they want an excuse to be unique or an excuse to take things to the next level. And this 
sometimes provides like that avenue to do it. Um, and it, cause some of the questions I get are more so like, well, because they, they want to branch out and take it to the next level. Well, how can, well, how can I do it in this way? Or, Ooh, ooh I have this one idea. How can I take this and apply it to this idea? They start thinking about how they can start to, it's like they had all these ideas in their mind. They just didn't know how to use it or how to do it. And now like, Ooh, well, if I was, if we take this boss concept, how do I do this with it? And, you know, branch off and do that. So I think, um, that's the one beautiful thing about it is, um, there's not necessarily like a one way to do it. It's not like you have to be rigid and just do it. Step one, mm. step two, step three. It's, you know, again, you, you know, uh, whatever goals you're trying to reach, uh, whatever skill sets you have, um, and your ambitions, um, this particular model of or mindset of what it is to be a boss allows that person to kind of run free, use what they have and achieve just that. When I was looking at your website, mm-hmm. there was a, a video of you with disrupt HR. It was in New York, right? Uh, you had a great line. You were describing a worker, a subservient employee that does not have autonomy over what they can do. Right. And when I stop something and write something down, mm-hmm. dude, you had me. Yeah. It's like, that is good. I, in the words of my favorite partner, unpack that for us. <laughs> so I, I think everybody at some point in their career has been um, that drone worker. And I want to say, I'm like 90% sure the slide that I had up when I said that was the slide of the stormtrooper. I want to say that was yes, it. Okay, it was. That is, okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, so and they laughed when it came yes. up because like, again, I go back to pattern interrupt. You pull right. that up like, yeah. wait, we're not stormtroopers. Right. And, then, and then I had the thing of the stormtrooper and, I, and the, obviously they all look they're the same. They're all identical. Yeah. They then, all and move and I say, the same. I say, they, there's I'm, no autonomy. <laughs> exactly. N- none at all. Yeah. And of course I say, I'm the cute one in the front. And they're like, what? That makes sense. They all look alike. But I say, we've all been in that mindset or at that job where you feel like a drone, you have no autonomy me and you're doing the same thing. I think it's so easy. Sometimes before you even get to the job, when you're just applying to the job, you go into uh, working with that company with that particular mindset. Um, and in doing so, obviously you automatically handicap yourself. And then, then after some time goes by six months, a year, whatever it is, they start to ask the questions of why don't I have fill in the blank? How come I'm not making that money? How come I don't have that position? Why do they get to whatever it is? And without even knowing it, they already slipped into that particular mindset that not only handicaps themselves, but it's kind of creating that barrier between them and whatever that opportunity is. Um, So again, the idea of what it is to be a boss kind of releases you from that particular mindset and makes you look at your relationship with you and your team, you and that organization completely different. You're not going there to have that organization um, organize your steps in a very specific way. They hired you for a particular reason. And once you have a great idea of what that is, like what's your, again, your unique value proposition and how you can leverage that, that's why you're literally there on that team. Then it allows you to really flaunt that and use that to your benefit. And then once you start to notice that in others, because again, I say it's infectious, then you can pull that out of other people. Hey, aren't you good with marketing? Well, you know, help me out with this project and things like that nature you're like oh i didn't even you know and you can bring that without being the manager or the director necessarily once you have that mindset that's how you move because now you start to see other people as their own entity up under this big umbrella of whatever company you work for and when you do that when you do with that well you brand yourself a certain way when you go to networking events you talk to people differently because i'm no longer Dob that just works for XYZ company. I'm Dob the you know speaker extraordinaire or the accounting extraordinaire or the, the real estate extraordinaire that also happens to work with you know. And you start to think of your relationship with your organization more so as a partnership. This is this is the organization that allows me to use XYZ talent, not 
this is the organization that you know tells me where to go like a drone and we all know the drones you know they you know the, the stormtroopers couldn't shoot well and they always got and they always died really fast and that's what happens to the employees yeah. you, you you're not shooting straight and you, you get killed really easy by Ewoks and after, you know then, then it's just a sad story after that ropes are out I know the ropes are out yeah like it's ridiculous like, yeah. you know, but that's what happens to employees they're dying by Ewoks it's, it's rampant <laughs> Um, I always like to ask our guests a very special question. So you have two other coaches here in front of you, Mm -hmm. and we want to know what question do you have for us that we could answer for our listeners? Let me say this. So you all have a a networking event. I know you go Mm -hmm. to networking events. What's one or two tips that you you can give to, like, maximize – um, your presence at a networking event. So, so, so when you leave that networking event, you always say, yeah, that was worth it because mm-hmm. whatever, but whatever you do to make it worth it. <laughs> follow up, yep. follow up and follow up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, being at the networking event first starts with your appearance. Mm-hmm. So um, Mike knows that I'm a big fan of dressing for what you want to be or what you want to sell. Mm-hmm. So if you're just starting out in your career and you dress, you know, like a slob and you show up to the networking event and your hair's not done and you're not wearing nice clothes, then people are not going to be as drawn to and want to speak with you. Mm-hmm. When I started in my real estate career, I always wore skinny pants, a little top and a blazer. Mm-hmm. And I would joke around that I was a ninja in a blazer <laughs> because and that was my uniform. That's what I just what I wore. And it was professional. It was also fun because wearing a pair of jeans or skinny pants, Mm -hmm. you know, makes it, tones it down a little bit. So I'm not in a full suit. People wouldn't mistake me for a financial advisor. But, (laughs) But that first impression that you get, your first 10 seconds is vitally important when you're networking. Mm -hmm. And if you can be the person that gets a question out first, before you start talking about yourself, then you'll win them over. Right. So um, back to my f- other favorite mm-hmm. word, pattern interrupt. <laughs> when somebody asks me what I do, um, I always like to do a pattern interrupt to throw them a little off guard. Okay. So when somebody asks me what I do for a living, I usually tell them I'm an underwater welder. And you're like, uh-huh. and then they're like, what? And I'm like, no, 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 just joking. I'm actually a real estate agent. Okay. And then we have a good chuckle and they're like underwater. Well, I'm like, well, I had a friend that actually was an underwater welder. It's a pretty cool profession. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. You get to travel a lot. You get about two weeks off at a time, two weeks on. Like it's kind of a, a cool thing to do. Um, but it instantly gets their brain off of the fact that I'm not jumping down their throat with what I do. I'm making them laugh. I'm making them remember me. And I can't even tell you how many people I have that come up to me. They're like, this is Trinity. She's an underwater welder. Ha ha ha. No, actually she's a kick-ass real estate agent. And it takes that pressure off. And that's my pattern interrupt. So, so the top three things that you can do is one, show up, be dressed nice and dress for the job you want, the client you want or the house you want to sell. Dov, you look absolutely handsome today he's got on a a branded t-shirt with a blazer over it looking sharp as all get out and just you know no hey (laughs) we'll we'll give compliments where compliments are due and what separates trinity from the other nine realtors at the networking event is Mm -hmm. when they were asked the same question they said i'm a realtor that was exactly the pattern interrupt is really important and then everything 
is the icing on the cake is in the follow-up. Oh, yeah. So when you are at a networking event, you have a few minutes or, you know, 15, 20 minutes to make an impression with each person. Some Usually it's a little bit shorter than that. Mm. And when I am collecting business cards, because I always say I should be the magnet. Mm. I want to collect all the business cards I can because I'm going to be the one that follows up with these people. That that next step in the relationship is what's going to eventually lead to business, Mm -hmm. not um, selling and trying to get them to do something on the spot. Right. So when I get somebody's contact information, um, preferably if they have an address on there, then I'm sending them a handwritten note to follow up with my card and just something I write down on the back of their business card, something I remember about them. Whether it's that they love red wine or they just vacationed, you know, in the mountains or whatever it is, something so I can remember something personal about them as well. That's really it. Like, that's the magic sauce that will separate you from everybody else that's networking Mm -hmm. is to have a follow up plan. It's either an email, a telephone call or a handwritten note that you're sending after that. You want to get either face to face or have a one to one with them. I love group one-to-ones, okay. right? So instead of meeting with somebody one-on-one, why not, if I know that Dov is, he talked about in the past, um, you know, doing an event for, what was it, HR recruiters or? Oh, yeah, HR professionals. HR professionals. Right. Yep. Well, what if I invite Dov to lunch and I have an HR professional mm-hmm. come to lunch? Mm-hmm. Now Dov thinks I kick ass because I'm introducing him to somebody that he wanted to get in front of and we can have a better conversation and I get basically two for the price of one. Right. That makes sense. What about you? I I like the fact of zero expectations, Mm -hmm. not going to sell a dang thing. Who can I help? Yep. And you take three business cards. Mm -hmm. So you get to dictate who you hand them out to. And you only hand them out to the people you really, really want to meet. Everybody else is going to give you theirs. Right. But you may, and then you go, oh, you know what? You would think a networker like me would have cards. I lost it. But you do that because then you can control all that. And then also just set the follow-up. You're not going to sell a thing at those network events. Mm -hmm. Set the meeting up. Set the follow-up. Set set the meeting. Okay. When you go there, it's like, hey, you know, you meet Trinity and I. We're talking before we're done. You know what? Pull out your calendar. Let's, do you have Friday morning available mm-hmm. for a cup of coffee? Set that. Right. That's where something's going to happen. Not tonight. Right. We're just going to laugh about, you know, she's from Michigan, small town. I learned all the stories at her wedding. I got, I, uh, that's, that's another story. podcast. He's oh, got more like, dirt Oh, on not me. on her, just a small yeah. town she grew up in. I'll tell okay. you, another, one yeah. will to get off air. It's not, that <laughs> I can't repeat it's just time-wise. But go with a plan. And she's preached this a hundred times. Go with a plan mm-hmm. instead of showing up. Go with a wingman, mm-hmm. right? Nothing worse than seeing an old guy standing next to the bar drinking by himself because right. he doesn't know anybody. Right. But just have a plan. And the plan before the meeting and then the plan after the meeting because yeah. most people just, well, I'm going to this event. And if I get, if and they look at it different than she does because mm-hmm. they'll scorecard count or they'll, they'll business card count. Well, I got 31 business cards, boss. I had a right. good night. Right. How many meetings you get? Well, none, but I got 31 business cards. And she'll get 31 business cards in seven meetings. (laughs) That's the difference is there's a plan. There's a plan there. I had a client that I was working with um, a couple years ago, and we were sitting down one day, and she said, I'm quitting networking events. These are just stupid. They They don't work. I'm not getting any business from it. And my very first question to her was, well, how many of the people that you're networking with have you met with? Mm-hmm. 
face to face afterwards. She was like, none. I was like, well, there's your, there is your absolute problem. You cannot assume that because somebody meets you one time, a, they're going to remember you. They're not mm-hmm. even, even with a pattern interrupt that, they're not going to remember you because they met 15 other people. And secondly, when they don't remember you, they're not going to call you. Or if they do remember you, they're probably still not going to call you because there's no relational collateral yet for them to trust you. And people work with people that they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And so the first step is getting to know them and then figuring out if you like each other. And then that trust is built. Mm -hmm. Excellent. There's a lot of people who stumble, as you all know, there's a lot of people who stumble with that, with networking and oh, yeah. get turned off so much they just don't even want to go anymore. So yeah. yeah, And you find out when they say, I don't do that anymore, it's because they didn't put anything into it. Right, yeah. right. Wonderful stuff. Excellent. Glad you were, sorry you were home. I, yeah. Glad you were home. <laughs> it's an opportunity. And I think though. both statements are correct. Yeah, so yeah. We would like to tell everybody, because a lot of small businesses are struggling right now, if you send us a note at info at wired to change we would love to sit for 30 minutes for free with small business owners to help them out. And in addition to our free consultations that we're offering, because we love our community, we want to see everyone happy, healthy. We want to see businesses thrive. We feel like we have a couple of great ideas that we can help pitch out there for those small business owners. So as Mike said, we would love if you email us info at wired with the number two. And also Because we had um, this COVID-19 happen, we were not able to host our last Small Business Scene 2020 Mm -hmm. workshop. And we have rescheduled and are hosting that now virtually online. So there's no reason not to sign up and join us. And that is going to be on April 10th. So if you would like more information, head out to our website, check us out. And we would love to have you join us virtually from around the country. You can join from anywhere that you're at. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'd love any feedback from you. And if you'll help us grow the numbers by forwarding out to your friends and family, we know there's a nugget or two they can get from this. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.